What's up, Four Points? How's everybody doing? Uh, y'all should be a little bit more. What's up? How's everybody doing? Huh? Man, was that good? Was that worship amazing? Man, I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what. I'm ready. I'm ready to go. I, uh, I'm just, that's awesome. So I just want to say, they already know this because I said it the first time, but that was good. I like that. I'll tell you what, that greater is done by Elevation Worship. So if y'all want to look it up, Elevation Worship, you can find it on Google and listen to it in your car. And it is, it's just a good song, isn't it? I mean, it's just, just good. So I was jamming over there with Big B. We were ready to go. So if y'all weren't having church, we were. And that's y'all's bad, not ours, because I was on time today. So I don't know what y'all were doing because my eyes were closed. But I'm going to tell you what, I am, I am ready to rock and roll. So listen, first two weeks of uh, Desperate Housewives, if y'all missed it. And we want to say how pumped we are that you're here if today's your first time ever or uh, you've been here every week. We're glad that you're here. But first two weeks, we talked about what the family unit should look like in the ideal world. Husbands love your wives. Wives submit to your husbands. Children obey your parents. Husbands don't provoke your kids. And it's really hard to live in the ideal world because the world pulls us toward the real and real life. And it's very hard. And so God wants us to be that. And then last week we talked about mutual submission. And what that actually looks like is what can I do to help? And I know some of y'all practice that this week and that's awesome. And hopefully you practice chore play too. And that's even more awesome. So anyway, uh, it was, <laughs> y'all should have laughed at that because that was funny. So anyway. Um, if you missed last week, you might want to go back and watch because it's talking about like, anyway, uh, but today's all about being a man, all about what it looks like. So if you're a lady in here and you're like, uh, I sh- shouldn't have missed, I shouldn't have come today. I- I'm telling you, you'll get something out of today too. But in the first service, it was crazy how God moved. And, um, I'm just going to trust that God's going to do the same thing, but you never know. But listen to me, every guy, every guy in here, I want the ladies to watch too, but every guy, I want you to look at me right now. This is going to require a lot out of you. And I'm going to ask every one of you to respond at the end, but I only want you to do it if you, in your heart, resolve to be a man and actually do what that means. So everybody knows what that means, right? Like, what is it about us? This is just for the dudes, but y'all stay with me because I want y'all to understand us better. So if you're one of our ladies in here today and you think you got men figured out, I'm telling you, you don't because we cray. Okay. And I'm going to talk about ladies next week and Y'all are crazy too, and so I'm going to have to get some help to talk about y'all with some of my our ladies in the church. So we're going to meet and figure it out. But today we're going to talk about men. And if you think you know, maybe you do. Maybe you've been married long enough. You're like, I know everything about men, but I'm still finding out stuff about us because we're crazy, right? So here's, here's just some stuff. This is free. This is the beginning of the message, and this is just free. So this is what we're like. Uh, growing up, I need y'all's feedback, so I need y'all to talk today. Growing up, y'all remember this? We would watch uh, sports on TV. And like the, the, the football game will be on and either during the game or right after the game, don't, don't lie. Y'all tell the truth. Y'all were pretending that y'all were doing the catching, right? Y'all were throwing the pass. Someone needs to say, yes, that was me, right? We were throwing the pass and and we would catch. I'm telling y'all growing up, I didn't have guys in my neighborhood after I was nine. And so it was all girls. I threw more touchdowns to myself. I bet I had 10,000 touchdowns. I was nasty. I, mean, I would throw it and I would go run under and catch it because I wanted to be what I saw. And then baseball was the same way. And so when you don't have a pitching machine or someone else to pitch, you throw it up and you hit the home run, the game winning, right? And then what I spent the vast majority of my time doing was I would watch a basketball game and it was my dream to play basketball. And I would go outside and I'd make game winning shots over and over. And, and ladies, that doesn't stop when you're 15 because today 
Well, probably not this, well, maybe because the world match, the match plays on this afternoon, but, but definitely in April, the first full week of April, when the azaleas come out, someone that likes golf needs to say amen right now. Y'all know what I'm talking about? The master's music, that was terrible, by the way. But the master's music comes on, and it starts, and like Jim Nance starts talking in that little deep baritone voice, like sounds so good, and then he's talking about a tradition like none other. And so they'll start hitting shots, and then I lose my mind, and I go to the car, and I get, I get my wedge out. Because I'm not going to hit anything. We've got nine-foot ceilings. And so I just, I, I, it's crazy. And it's something built in us. If your husband does this, don't get mad at him. Except maybe tell him to stop and not break anything. But like something in us thinks we can do what we see that they can do. Because like, they can make it easy. And like just recently we went to, um, we went to Lone Survivor. And if y'all haven't seen that, it's a very good movie. And obviously one person survives. And it's the Taliban in Afghanistan. They kill I kill everybody in there. And so the difference between men and women, Leah walks out of there and she's boo-hooing and she feels so sorry for the men or for the men that died. And I'm almost tearing up because I want to go kill every one of the Afghans. And I know that I could do it if they just give me a chance. Y'all know what I'm talking about because y'all could too, right? That's, that's just the way that it is. And like, here's some more, like, we just believe that we can fix anything, right? Am I right? So when ladies, when you come home with a problem, whether you're a girlfriend or a sibling or or wife, husband, most specifically, when you come home with a problem, we don't really want to listen. We just want to fix it because we can fix anything. We are the kings of our domain. And this is what being a king looks like. If you get easily offended, you're going to get offended right now. And that's okay because I love you. This is what it looks like. I've never met a man that doesn't at least sometimes pass gas and I fully trust. Y'all know what I'm talking about? Like some of the men, they'll come around you and they'll be like, dude, I don't use flatulence because that is rude. And I'm like, you're a man, right? That's what we do. Like if you've never Dutch ovened your wife and you're married, y'all know what that is? You accidentally pass gas in the bed and then you put the sheet over her head. Like that's just the rite of passage. That's what we do that. And I'm not saying you should. But it's just what you do, right? I mean, every once in a while, that's what men do. So, so I've had people tell me, like, I just, I don't, I don't, I don't pass gas. I'm just say for it, right? I don't pass gas, and I'm like, what's wrong with this dude? You're not a man, right? And we all know what that means when you say he's a man. And I'll tell you the other thing, ladies. This is free, but this is very important that y'all understand this. If given the option of a toilet or peeing outside. Every man in here is going to pee outside and somebody needs to say amen right now. Because, and I don't know why. I, I, like, I can't figure it out. I'm sitting in my chair at home. Some of y'all have been in my backyard and you're like, weird, but it dries. Yeah, like, right. I'm sitting in my recliner and it is quicker for me to go to our bathroom than walk out the sliding glass door and pee outside. I'm going to pee outside 10 times out of 10. I peed on the snow because it makes a hole in it. That's cool, right? Because that's what you do. It's just what we do. We pee outside and we, mm, we can fix everything because we're men. And no one has to tell you what that means. When your dad looked at you and said, boy, be a man, like you knew, right? But we don't look at Lainey, who's five. She busted her eye this week at Panera. And I didn't get home and she was crying when she wanted her daddy to say, be a woman, right? <laughs> like I would go to jail for that. But if Haston, right, if Haston was the same age and he was crying, I would say, be a man. Step up, boy. What's wrong with you? Right? 
bow your chest up, crick your neck a little bit and be a man. Pee outside, boy, that's what we do. We ain't made of, of, we're tough, right? And so today's message is not just about peeing outside, but that is a good part. But today's message is about what it looks like to be a man in your house. What it really looks like to be a man. Because that's who men are. We got testosterone flowing through us, some of us more than others, some illegally. But we got testosterone flowing through us (laughs) that it's just... We just want to be the kings of our domain, right? We're in charge. And it's so important to be the man that God wants us to be. Listen to me, every man in here. To be the man that God wants you to be. To be the man that God wants you to be if we'll change this world. See, one of my biggest pet peeves, one of my very biggest frustrations is when I read pastors, so I'm picking on my people, or um, just Christians in general when they say, If we could fix Washington, if we could fix Washington, we could fix this country. I just want to look at them and say, no, dog, Washington ain't the problem. Columbia's not the problem. Your teachers, teachers are not the problem. Teachers try as hard as they can. Daddies are the problem. The lack of men with integrity that step up. Now, that's the problem. That's the problem. The lack of men that want to lead like like God wants us to lead. Now, that's the problem. That's the problem today. The reason that lives really are desperate house, the reason that that's the situation that most homes are in, are men. Am I saying that's every case? Absolutely not. Y'all know that. There's obviously exceptions to the rule. But the lack of true leadership, and let me just cut to the chase, in the church, in the church, like point example, Joseph Eubanks is serving in our kids area right now. Praise God for Joseph. I love that dude. He's the only man that is serving in our kids' area currently. Why? Because we're above that, right? We're above that. That's a lady's job. When I get home from work, my wife should have the food on the table. Why? Because that's a lady's job. I shouldn't have to clean the house. That's a lady's job. I shouldn't have to do this. That's a lady's job. And for years, instead of doing what we're supposed to do by leading our homes, men, and by being the example that Christ said we should be, we've said no. That's a lady's job. So in the church, as a result, in the church, if you'll look at, I'm not talking about four points. I'm talking about the church, big C, all across this country and honestly, all around the world. The ladies are doing the work. The ladies are doing the serving. The ladies are doing the hard stuff. There's still a group of men that try to lead, but the ladies do it all. And so I just want to tell y'all, women, ladies, thank you. Thank you for leading the way. I'm embarrassed as a man that has failed that we don't do more. But I'm also making a proclamation that as we leave here today, this place will never be the same. That our men are going to stand up and be different. And so this is what Paul was saying. And I really believe um, in the time that Paul was writing 1 Corinthians that it was like the same situation that the American church was in. And it was a struggle to get men to lead their homes and then lead in their, in their businesses and, and most importantly, also lead in the church. And so... I think he was in the same way. And Apollos was one of his young apprentices, one of his young pastors. And I, this like blew my mind this week, y'all, when I was reading. First Corinthians 16, he's finishing his address. It's a letter. And in this, he says, in verse chapter, 13, or chapter 16, verses 13 and 14, he says this, Be watchful, stand firm in the faith. What does that say right there? Act like men. Isn't that interesting that the Bible says, act like men? Men, 
be strong. Let all that you do be done in love. Be watchful. Stand firm in the faith. Act like men. Meaning, if you translate it, courageous and bold, but doing it in a caring and loving way. Act like men. And you know what? You know as well as I do that when Apollos read this letter from his mentor, like if Paul gave you a letter, it would be like the craziest thing ever to give to the church. And when they read this, I don't think any of the men in there went, what does he mean? None of y'all do either, do you? We all know what that means. And yet we take this and we say, that's awesome. And then we run from it. We run from it. Carl Sandburg, when he was addressing Congress, when he was addressing Congress, he called Abraham Lincoln a man of velvet steel. A man of velvet steel. That's what all of us, our goal should be to be called. Because steel, like that, right, that's what we all desire to be. That strong leader, right? A strong leader. But not done with tenderness. Not done with love and mercy. Not to be meek. And, and then there's others of us. And if, I just want you to be totally honest. You don't care enough to be strong. And so you're just velvet. Right? When you, you, where your wife has to do all the disciplining at home because you really don't care enough. That takes a lot of effort. And so you're just velvet. You care. You're tender. You're nice. But you won't stand up and be the man that God called you to be. And I'm telling you, please listen. If you are either or, you're never, you're never a leader. You may think of yourself as strong and powerful because you're steely and you're the man, right? But if you're either or, you're never the leader. And here's why. Jesus came and he changed everything. You see, before Jesus, the man was in charge of everything. I told y'all this a couple weeks ago. Women were basically cattle. They were just slightly above cattle. You didn't have a choice what to do. And then Jesus came and changed the entire game, changed everything. He came and served and, remember, washed the disciples' feet. And he said, this is how to live. And Jesus is described, if you're not familiar with the Bible, even if you are, Jesus, Jesus is described as the lion and the lamb. Not the lion and not the lamb, but the lion and the lamb. He's the lamb of God that took away our sins. He's the lion of Judah, the great, powerful lion, the king of the beast. That was Jesus. Never think of Jesus as weak just because he laid his life down. No leader has ever been stronger. No leader has ever been greater than Jesus. That song's pretty good. No leader has ever been greater than Jesus. And yet, when the time came for him to pay the penalty for my sins and for your sins, he acted like a lamb of velvet steel. He laid down and let them take his life and said, No, Peter, don't chop the ear off of that soldier. Don't fight them back. I will gladly lay my life down because I'm the lamb that takes away the sin, the perfect sacrifice. But I'm still the lion of Judah. See, men, what we lack is the combination of what Jesus wants for all of us. I've known so many men that I was like, man, that dude's steel. And I've known so many that I just wish he cared a little bit. What I'm asking y'all to do today is care enough to be velvet steel. And I want to look at the passage that we looked at Last week, if you were here, mutual submission was, was Ephesians 5.21. And I want to skip down to verse 25. And I want to look at specifically what he calls for husbands to do. If you're a teenager, if you're in the eighth grade, this applies to you so directly. Listen, if your teachers hate you, you're probably not velvet steel. If your parents hate you, you're probably not velvet steel. If your wives hate you, probably not velvet steel. I'm telling you, men, in this country... 
If we would stand up and say, you know what, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. I'm changing the game today by letting God change me. All these things would change. I just want to read you, before I get into that, a couple statistics. Just to give you a picture of why I find this so important and why I'm so passionate. This is according to the U.S. Department of Health Census. 63% of suicides, of youth suicides are from fatherless homes. 90% of all homeless and runaway children come from fatherless homes. 85% of children who show behavioral disorders come from fatherless homes. 80% of rapists with these deep anger problems, fatherless homes. 71% of high school dropouts from father, fatherless homes, the percentages are staggering how much greater chance there is to drop out and to make bad grades and to do all these things. 70% of youths in state-operated institutions come from fatherless homes and 85% of youths in prisons. 20 times the average if you are not fatherless homes. Fatherless homes. And I just want to say this. If you're a father in a home but you're not fathering your children, you may as well be a fatherless home. And that is why I'm passionate. Today... We lay the gauntlet down. And I'm not promising that everyone's going to like what I'm about to say. But I am promising that this is truth. And I am asking every man, every boy, every teenager, every wife to pray, every lady in here to pray, that the men of this church would stand up and say, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. So this is the question I want you to answer. If you have your notes, I want you to take them. Don't be a man and not take notes, right? I want you to take notes. And I want to ask this question for each one of us. I want to ask this question. Do I make much of me, which is what most of us do, right? Do I make much of me in my life or do I make much of Jesus? And you've got, I'm asking you, I'm begging you. You've got to be honest. You've got to be honest. Do I make much of myself or do I make much of Jesus? Because the truth comes out in your actions and attitudes. And you decide this question every single day. And that's frustrating. We decide every morning that we wake up today, you decided, will I make much of Jesus or will I make much of me? If you don't know Jesus as your savior, we want to give you an opportunity at the end. You have never made much of Jesus if you truly don't know him. And we're so pumped that you're here for every person that has, for every person that has, it is your job in life. You were created to make much of Christ. When we make much of ourselves, we push back and do exactly opposite of what we were created to do. That is why men do not lead. So answer this honestly. Do I make much of Jesus or do I make much of Christ? I'm sorry. Do I make much of myself or do I make much of Christ? So the first thing that I have to do, two things. First thing I have to do is identify who I love. Identify who I love. Identify who I love. I know the easy thing to do is look at that and say, I love my wife. I love my kids, right? I love Jesus. We check the box off and we feel good about ourselves. We walk out, man, we feel great. But the reality of the matter is, if I circled your family and I asked them, totally honest, who do you think your husband, your brother, who's the man of the house? Who does he love? Honestly. A lot of times it's us. Like, here's real talk, okay? This week, this week, I believe that I made much of myself at least half of the time. How do you know when you do that? Whatever consumes your mind, whatever is the stuff that your mind is constantly fixing on, if it's not Jesus, it's me. He's like, yeah, but dude, I got this problem at work. Dude, you don't even understand how deep, deep it is. It's you. 
That's your problem, right? It's not Jesus. Matthew 6 talks a lot about not worrying. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and then all these things will be added to you. But, but first, you've got to seek first the kingdom. As soon as I don't seek the kingdom, it's about me. And that's it. No ifs, ands, or buts. And here's what's really frustrating, men and ladies. It happens every day, and it's so frustrating. I got the best day ever. Like, let's just say today, you make this covenant, and you're serious. Tomorrow morning, if I don't wake up and say, I want to make much of you, you're, then you're making much of yourself that quick tomorrow. There's no rollover minutes like cell phones. We don't have carryovers. Every day is new. And every day you change. And every day you decide who you make much of. And that is so frustrating. So let me just show you what Jesus said in Ephesians chapter 5. This is directly to husbands, but I want every man, boy, and females, I want you to understand who we are. You were created dudes to lead, but you were created to lead like this. Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. Right there, the gauntlet is laid, isn't it? The gauntlet is laid down. Love your wives like I loved all of you. Enough to die. Love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her, that he might sanctify her, having cleansed her by washing of water with the word. So that he might present to the church, excuse me, present the church to himself in splendor without spot or wrinkle or any such thing. That she might be holy and without blemish. Think think about this. Think about this with me. Jesus' goal for me is to present me to God without spot or blemish because he has lifted me up so much. What can I do to help? What can I do to help? Well, he came and died for me. Well, then what can I do to help as the husband? Love my wife as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her so I can present her without spot or blemish. I cannot do that. Listen carefully. I cannot do that if it's all about me. I cannot love my family, my siblings, teachers, if it's all about me. If it's constantly about me, about me, about me, about me, then I will never be the leader that God wants me to be. And so I'll either be one of two things, right? I'll either be one of two things. I'll either be velvet or I'll be steel. I'll either be passive. Dude, I just don't want to worry about it. Just shut up. Just let me live my life. I'm the man, right? Y'all know what I'm talking about. I'm the man. Please leave me alone. Always nagging. Always nagging. Or you're like, listen to me. This is my house. This is my rules. It's going to be this way. With no mutual submission whatsoever, even though you are the lead of your house, because that is what God created you to do. And at the moment I choose between velvet or steel, at the moment I choose between lion or lamb, I choose not to be Christ-like, and I choose to be Mark-like, which is so vicious and vile. If you find that hard to imagine that I would call myself vile or disgusting, you don't look yourself in the mirror very well because that is what each one of us are, men. We are fallen. We are sinful. There's nothing good in us, is what the Bible says. There's no one that's righteous, not even one. That my righteousness is filthy rags. All my good deeds just are, are trash compared to what Jesus does for me. But at the moment that I say, you know what? I want Jesus to be in charge of my life. I want him to have total control. I want him to be the boss. It changes the game for my family. It changes the game for my workplace and my teachers. For every person that I need to have respect for, 
That's everyone in this room, by the way, that I should respect. We're all at different levels, but it doesn't change the respect game. And then out there, the people we come in contact with. So like my, my temper, when someone cuts me off in the car, that doesn't happen anymore if I want to make much of Jesus. If I'm not just steel or I'm not just velvet. At that moment that I say, no, Christ, I want you to be the center of my life. I want you to be everything. I want to make a difference. I cannot, listen carefully, I will never make a difference on my own accord. Never. There may be a couple people that follow me, but I'll never make a difference until I say, no, I want to make much of Jesus. I don't want you to leave here and say, Mark preached a good message. I want you to leave here and say, Christ spoke to me through that message. That is how we make a difference. Velvet steel. And so answer this question for yourself. Number two, answer this question for yourself. Am I velvet? Am I steel? Or am I like Jesus? Am I velvet? Am I steel? Or am I like Christ? Because I'm telling you, you're one of those three things. Where you sit right this moment, you're either passive and standoffish and say, I don't care. Or you're so strong, like I used to be, that you're not in God's will. Or you say, you know what, I want to be that blend that God has for me so that I can lead like Jesus led and be willing to give myself up and die. And this is the outcome that happens when I say that. This is the outcome. In the same way, husbands, men, should love their wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. For no one, no one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes, nourishes and cherishes it, nourishes and cherishes it, means nutrients to provide the stuff that we need to survive. If we, if we fail to give ourselves nutrients, like for a while you could live off just water, but if we fail to give ourselves the nutrients that we need, what would happen to us? What would happen? You'd die. Guys, everybody look, that's how important this is. Jesus, Paul, told us that we're to love like Jesus loved, and to provide nutrients and cherish our families, our wives specifically. To provide for them like nutrients. And look, just as Christ does the church because we are members of his body. He provides for me. He gives me everything. He died for me. I'm supposed to love Leah and my kids like he loves his church. No one messes with his church. He provides everything for his church. And yet we look at our wives and we think, you're supposed to do for me, let's go. Let's go. Why is the laundry not done, Leah? Why is the table not done? I got home, I worked my butt off all day. I've worked 11 hours. I've killed myself today. And I get home and the kids are going nuts and all this other stuff's happening. What's going on? I'm not going to provide nutrients today because I am steel. Or whatever, I don't even care. Right? Y'all done this. I don't even care. Because I sure have. I'm just going to be velvet. I'm going to be nice. Not worry about it. Mark, can you help me with the kids? Laney's got homework. Hayson's going crazy. I ain't got to, I'm sitting down. I ain't got time for that. Just leave me alone. What if, guys, every man in here, what if we left here and said, you know what? I'm tired of not being the man that God called me to be. What if we stepped up and said, I want to be the man, I want to be the man 
that leads my home like Christ leads his church. I will never meet up the mark that Christ does with his church, but I want to try, ideally speaking, I want to try to lead like Jesus led. Some of y'all have watched the movie Courageous. Have y'all watched it? It's a good movie, very good movie. At the end of it, they give a resolution. They give a resolution, and it gives reasons and things that you're going to hold to. So for every man in here, I want you to look at me right now. This is what I'm asking you to do. We will not change the world by doing a hot hot dog dinner and providing a food pantry if, listen, you men do not decide that you want to lead like Christ led. We will not change the world by adding 15 more programs and doing things a certain way. Listen, I don't care if all Republicans or all Democrats go to the White House and Congress or in the State House. The world changes when men say, I resolve to follow Christ. I will not be distracted. I will not make it much about me. I will make it much about him. And my favorite part of the movie at the end of it, when he stands up and he declares, I will do this. I'm telling y'all, if no one else in here stands up, I'm declaring before y'all that if I'm a terrible pastor the rest of my life, I will not be a terrible husband. I will not be a terrible father. And people will know that I put my kids and my wife above myself. That's what I want for each and every one of you. If you leave here and we have great families and our church fails, then we did not fail. We succeeded greatly because we put Christ before we put ourselves. And so I'm asking each one of you, I'm asking each one of you at the end of this to stand up like a man. I'm asking you to be a man. In front of everybody, you dadgum skip it. With everybody looking, yes, sir. Every one of you, I'm asking you to stand up and say, I will be God's man. If that means you've never trusted Jesus, we want to give you an opportunity to do that. But for every man, I want you to stand up. But listen to what this says. Fill in your name where you see I and follow along. It'll be on the screen. It says, I do solemnly resolve before God to take full responsibility for Mark, for myself, my wife, and my children. I will love them, protect them, serve them, and teach them the word of God as the spiritual leader of my home. I will be faithful to my wife to love and honor her and be willing to lay down my life for her as Jesus Christ did for me. I will, be, I will bless my children and teach them to love God. I will not blame it on my teachers. I will not blame it on other people. I will take responsibility for my children. With all their hearts and all their minds and all their strength, I will train them to honor authorities and live responsibly. I will comfort evil, or excuse me, confront evil, pursue justice and love mercy. I will pray for others and treat them with kindness and respect and compassion. I will work diligently to provide For the needs of my family, I will forgive those who have wronged me and reconcile with those I have wronged. I will learn from my mistakes, repent from my sins, and walk with integrity as a man answerable to God. I will seek to honor God and be faithful to his church, obey his word, and do his will. I will courageously work with strength God provides to fulfill this resolution the rest of my life and for his glory. For as for me and my house, as for me and my house, 
we will serve the Lord. This is what I want to know from every man in here. You have an opportunity to sit where you are and say, I refuse to be the man that God wants me to be. Or I will stand up right now with no hesitation. I will stand up right now because I want to be the man that God wants me to be. So all around the room, if that's you and you want to be the man that God wants you to be, I want you to stand to your feet right now. Right now, stand to your feet. All around the room, stand to your feet. This is what I want you to do. I told you it's going to be hard. Come down here. There's a bunch of you, so just come on. Come on. Come down here. Come down here, every one of you. Make your way close to the front. All the way to the front. All the way to the front. Fill in. Fill in. Here's what we did. Okay? We printed these resolutions. We printed these resolutions. Because we want to give every one of you guys one. We want to give every one of you guys one. And so Justin and Wes are going to come out around in just a second. They're going to hand you one. Man to man. Okay? Everybody look at me. Man to man. Do not sign this. Do not sign this. If you are not willing to say us for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. We will serve this church. We will be men that follow Jesus Christ. We Listen to me. We will change the world, men. We will change the world if we actually do this and say, I want my family to know that I want to make much of Jesus and not make much of me. At the moment that we make this covenant together, the game changes. The game changes. So I'm asking you after we pray to take one of these sheets, take it home, sign it, frame it, and make it a true covenant of God that this is what I will be. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. So so two things. Wives, I want to give you an opportunity to come down, grab your husband, grab your kids, and pray with them. And we're going to kneel down right where we are. You can spread out some and we're going to pray. If any of you don't know Jesus in front of all of our friends, but I'm telling you, we will celebrate. I will try to do a cartwheel and fail. If you don't know Jesus, I want you to make your way back right now. They're, wait, they're waiting on you in the back. They'll wave at you. If you don't know Christ as Savior, do not stay up here with pride. You've already done this much. Walk to the back and say, Kevin, I want to know Jesus as my Savior. And so I want you to do that right now. Wives, get up where you are if you want to come pray with your husbands. Pray over them. Pray with them that they will lead like Jesus led. And guys, spread out and just kneel down. Let's, what I want you to do is pray that God would help you be the man that he wants you to be. To be the husband, to be the father, to be the student, to be the man that God wants you to be. No other name is our shelter, our helper, provider, refuge and strength. No other name has the power to save, has the power to conquer the
right now we just declare to you that we are that we are men that need you. God, all of us have in us, because the way you made us, the desire to lead our homes, our families, and we get frustrated and fed up and we back off and we get bullheaded and we get too strong. God, I pray that we will be balanced just how you created us so that we can lead like no church has ever led because we lead like Jesus led and not like men teach us to lead. And so, God, I pray that you will just absolutely radically change homes in here. There's marriages that need to be healed. God, if we lead like you called us to lead, the game changes forever. Help us serve our wives and love our wives and lift them up and cherish them and provide nutrients for their souls like you said for us to do, like you do for us. God, I pray that you will melt the hearts of every man in this room and that when we will live by this covenant and nothing will stand in our way of being more like Jesus as we leave here today. God, thank you for touching our souls. Thank you that you are greater. You're greater than all our circumstances. You're greater than all our fears. You're greater than all our difficulties. You are greater. God, we serve the greatest God. There's no one like you. There's no other name. There's no other name, God. And we're grateful that you choose to serve and lower yourself to us. We're grateful that you use us, nobodies who are sinful. And I ask you today to lift these men up, lift these ladies up that are with their husbands. I pray that you will help their homes be different and changed. God, I pray that there is no more divorce in this room. I pray that the teenagers turn their lives around and turn toward you and obey their parents. God, I believe in my heart that we can never be the same again if you truly, truly touch our hearts. So God, I pray for that today in this room. Thank you, God, for not giving up on us. We love you, Jesus. Amen. We all stand to your feet right where you are. I'm going to ask you not to move. Justin and Wes are going to come around. Every man that wants it, I want you to take one of these resolutions. I want you to sign it, and I want you to keep it where you can see it every day and answer this question as you see it. At your refrigerator, on your mirror, who will I serve today? Who will I make much of today? Who is the boss of my life? Who will I serve today? Who will I make much of today? Who is the boss of my life? A couple things. In just a second, we're going to close in worship. Uh, We're going to stand with arms high and heart abandoned. And so uh, I hope y'all will all raise your hands and worship. And you can stay right where you are. Back up just a little bit if you want to. But um, we have a partnership gathering right after this. If you want to partner with our church, it's not going to last a whole long time. But we want to give you the information of why you don't just come forward and check a box and be a member. We want to tell you who we are and make sure that you believe this is the place God wants you. And so we would love for you to stay just a few minutes. And then tonight... At 5 o'clock, the students will meet. We're going to have an awesome time, so I hope that you'll come back. Listen, if God really does change you, you have to tell people about what he's done in you. See, people can debate whether or not Jesus is real, and a lot of people are a lot smarter than me, and they can, in their minds, think they proved me wrong. Can I tell you what they can never take from me? What he's done in me. That is what he can never, no one can take from me. The 200 IQ out there that is much smarter than Mark can look me in the face and say, but what about this and what about this and what about this and I could say yeah but you don't know about Jesus and what he did in my life you don't know about Jesus because once you meet Jesus you can never be the same and so you have to tell people like you don't have a choice right we have to go and we have to tell and bring more I'm so excited because I believe truly I truly believe with all my heart that God is going to change some homes and individuals and make men right be like men do it in love So as we go, don't leave here 
the same. Leave here, sign that covenant, and never be the same. I love you guys. Hope you have a great week. Let's worship together. You should be.